Grace and peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This podcast is the sermon on July 7th, 2019. The In Crowd is part two of the five-part worship series, A Time to Act. The preacher is Reverend Nate Melcher, and the scripture is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. hear these words from Acts. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he had burst open in the middle, and all of his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their language, Hekaldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it, and let another take his position as overseer. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. The word of God for the people of God. God. All right, one week down. (laughs) Not too bad. Uh, Day one in the office, saw me unpacking books, Signing some paperwork, learning how to make coffee, very important. And uh, I see on the first day, I worked with a wedding couple, a baptismal family, and a funeral family, kind of the holy trinity of church work there on day one. And day two, well, day two is a blur. The rest is just a blur. A lot happened. Uh, In short, though, I felt very welcomed here, and thank you for that. My family thanks you for that. We have felt very welcomed. Every interaction that I've had has been pleasant and friendly and full of hope for the future. Now, I know that statistically, it's tough for any given church to bat a thousand in that arena, but we'll show them, right? (laughs) Now, not every church has proven themselves as welcoming this week. Has anybody seen the viral video about a young woman getting chastised at her church by a fellow member? Maybe some of you have seen this online. Long story short, uh, there's this unfortunate viral video 
that's making the rounds, was captured on a cell phone. Uh, an older church member of an older generation took it upon herself to follow a younger church member into the restroom and confront her about her clothing and told her that she is too fat to wear shorts in worship. Gross. I couldn't believe it when I saw this video. Uh, the, it's a tough video to watch, so if you seek it out, you need to know it's raw. There's a lot of raw language in it, but it's also tough to watch because there's so much raw emotion in it for this very inappropriate uh, action that's going on. Now, I want to say this really clearly. This is not one of those sermon illustrations where I get you all upset, like, oh, how could this happen? And then I go, and that church was this church, okay? It's not one of those. We might have one of those someday, but not today, okay? So, and luckily, you know, this wasn't even like a United Methodist Church. So, oh, it was? Oh, it was. It was a United Methodist Church. Oh, boy, okay. Well, but luckily, it wasn't in the new senior pastor's first week. Oh, it was? It was in the new senior pastor's first week. Certainly not on his first day. It was his first day. It was his first day that this happened. Well, something tells me Pastor Kevin's first week was a blur, too. It's been fascinating to read and follow along about forgiveness and reconciliation and healing and about how church holds its members accountable to one another in the midst of how they interact and engage. Now, it is not a simple situation. Human beings are too complex for that. And most recently, the young woman who had been body shamed, Jenna, she posted a video because she not only gives Bonnie Sue forgiveness, she's called for people to stop being outraged on her behalf and cease attacking Bonnie Sue. In a follow-up video, she says, we share love and positivity to others and we spread it even more. The only way we can kill that hate is by love because an eye for an eye makes the world go blind. And Pastor Kevin wrote a letter on day one out to the world because the video was out there. And he was really absolutely correct when he wrote this. The church is supposed to be a place of safety, love, and acceptance. The worth, dignity, and safety of all who are reached by our ministry is a priority and will remain our sacred trust and duty. Now, I don't personally know Pastor Kevin, but he and his church are on my prayer list for the rest of this month. And I hope that you'll pray for them, too, as they make their way through this very public occurrence in their church building. And this incident gives all churches a moment to slow down and pray. A prayer that churches could have might be, how do we welcome people into our midst? One of the most crucial things that we must consider as Christians, as a church, as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, is how do we welcome people? People are hungry to be part of churches filled with members who live out welcoming statements and love them for who they are so they can go out there and be Jesus for the world together. It's one thing to say all are welcome. It's another thing to live like it. Amen? Yeah. I say amen a lot, by the way. So, People want to join a church that listens for Jesus in prayer to become Jesus in action. Now, in the conclusion of this story from Acts chapter 1, the disciples, they're doing just this. There's this young church, and they're listening for Jesus in prayer so they can become Jesus in action. 
And last week we read how Jesus told them, return to Jerusalem, prepare for the Holy Spirit to be in your midst so you can share your witness with the world. And this is exactly what they do. It says, when they entered Jerusalem, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, and all of them were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. That's a pretty good obedience to Jesus right there. Go back to Jerusalem, await the Holy Spirit, offer your witness. And so there they are, awaiting. Now they don't pull out Monopoly, and they don't check their phones, and they don't sit around thinking about, well, things were a whole lot better back in the day, back when things were a whole lot worse. No, they devote themselves to prayer. Now, we know that prayer is paying off for them because in this scene, this crucial scene before the fire and winds of Pentecost that we'll experience next week, Simon Peter stands up, perhaps for the first time. He stands up and he says, it's time to partner with God to fulfill Scripture and return our group of 11 disciples to God's group of 12. And he says this to the rest of his 11 and all the women who are gathered there and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, and this crowd of about 120. And by the way, this is Simon Peter, who is the one who denied Jesus three times and started to sink when he was trying to walk on water, and the one who said, no, no, Jesus, you don't have to die. What are you talking about? Can you stop talking like that? You're really making me uncomfortable. That's the person who's standing up. Here he is, not hiding or sinking or denying, but standing, perhaps for that first time, after prayerful discernment in obedience to Jesus. And he says, we have to expand the table. Prayer changes things. Now, we can have a lot of theological and uh, philosophical debates about things like, does prayer change God? Does prayer change the laws of physics? Does prayer bend the energies of quantum entanglement, taking part in a measurable effect of relational object interaction that Albert Einstein called the spooky action at a distance? I don't know. What I do know is that prayer changes us. It impacts our openness. It deepens our connection to the holy. It brings us closer to something bigger than any one of us or any of us all combined. And I know that it is holding others and being held by others. And that can make all the difference. In her book, Floodgates, Holy Momentum for a Fearless Church, Reverend Sue Nilsson Kibbe, the founder of the Missional Church Consultation Initiative, MCCI, Pastor Sue writes this, prayer is the continual, central, simple exercise of offering everything to the supernatural grace of God. And she goes on to ask, is your church simply snacking on prayer or feasting on prayer? Literally, food for thought. For the disciples, prayer is paying off. They do their human best to discern which of these two candidates might be their 12th companion. And even in this narrowing down, done in prayer, combined with casting lots, which was a common way to divine God's will in that time and place, they leave little room for doubt that God is acting in their midst and beyond. So Matthias is now welcome, and he's welcome as one who was present at the baptism of Jesus and for the teachings of Jesus and then at the ascension of Jesus. 
And if I could extrapolate that just a little bit for church membership and the vows that we take when we become members of a church, is it like experiencing the Spirit at our baptism and committing to the teachings of Jesus? And then, like at that ascension, instead of standing up and looking at God, God, Jesus, why doesn't Jesus come back and fix this? Looking into our left and right and seeing our fellow hands and feet of Jesus ready to engage in the world. He's welcome just as he is, and what helps the people welcome Matthias as he is, is they pray about him. Matthias was prayed for before they even knew he was joining them. We were called to pray for people before they join our church. Now earlier, I had you pull out the prayer sheet while we were doing our prayers of the people, and I'm gonna invite you to take it out again. So let me pull back the curtain here. You'll notice that our bulletin is it's actually an 11 by 17 piece of paper, and then it's been sliced. So there's this. Now, we do this for three reasons. The first reason is, of course, well, we bought that big slicer, and we got to get our money's worth on the slicer, right? But the second reason is, we want you to know the life of the church. So you'll see the calendar, and you'll see upcoming events, not just this week, but beyond. And if you know the life of the church, then you'll know where will you participate? Where will you be an unpaid servant? And everything that's left in between, well, those are things that you get to know about, so if a new guest asks you about them, you can be informed. Does anybody here, by show of hands, does anybody do yoga? Any yoga people down front, a couple of us? Tai Chi, all right, cousin to yoga for sure. I do yoga, I do yoga in the comfort and privacy of my own home but I enjoy it. So for the rest of us who don't do yoga, guess what, it's listed here, our church does yoga. And uh, do you know how hard it is to find good yoga for under $10 a session in the city? This is a really good deal. Heck of a deal, Minnesotans. And now you know about it. So whether or not you do yoga, you get to know in case a guest comes up and says, does this church have any health and wellness opportunities for me? You get to say, actually, yeah, I happen to know about that. And it's different because if new guests ask, our call is not to say, oh, that's a good question. Call the office. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, ask the pastor. Oh, that's a great question. Better look in the bulletin. Or, that's a great question. I'll be over here with people I already know. Right? We're called to pray for new people and be prepared for new people so we can welcome new people and go serve Jesus with new people and love all the people. If we know the life of the church, we can share the life of the church. People want to join a church that listens for Jesus in prayer and becomes Jesus in action. And we have to know the life of the church because it's in the bulletin, too. Did you see that? On the back page of the bulletin, so the actual worship guide itself, go to that back page here, there's like a box. All right, so it, it actually says that. Did you see this? Uh, at the top, it says, Welcome Guests, and the back page says, Welcome Guests, thank you for being in worship with Richfield United Methodist Church today. We know it's a big step to get up on a Sunday morning and go to a new church for the first time. Thanks again. We hope you enjoy your experience, and we'll tell a friend about it. If you have any questions, please ask any member of the church. Again, welcome. Now hold on, ask any member of the church, 
Didn't that used to just have the office hours so they could just call? It did, didn't it? Well, when did, when did that change? Today, surprise, okay. <laughs> it changed today. Uh, here's the reason though, friends. Um, the church is looking to us. New people are looking to us to know what's going on and to be informed and to want to share. And so that's why there's a slight tweak in here. Um, remember, last week, we can't just look up, Jesus will solve it. We're looking left and right to who Jesus is empowering to be hands and feet in the world. And if you look left and right, you'll find a few of them here with you in the pews. There's another bulletin edition on that back page, and I like to think that it had been there, and at some point it maybe went away. So either way, it's either there or it's back again. But you'll see in this box, there's this full list of paid servants of the church, as well as our amazing, amazing group of retired clergy who are in our midst. But you'll see that there's a new line at the top, hopefully reinstated, I don't know. It says, ministers, all members of the congregation. Friends, that is a key key statement for the life of our church and the future of our church. I honestly believe that with all my heart. You're in ministry to each other and to the world. And this past week, friends, uh, my first week here, I've seen this church rally for people and be ministers to each other. Think about this. We have four funerals and memorials in a span of 20 days. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of ministry by fellow ministers. We had Lee Kessel last Sunday, Buzz Peterson this Wednesday, Nancy Lee on Friday, and then on the 20th, John Souter. Four opportunities to celebrate wonderful people, to celebrate life with a lot of work from unpaid servants of the church. And I've seen people start to rally and say, how can I help? How can I serve Jesus by serving these people? People who hear God's call to serve and show the world the light of Jesus by embodying the presence of Jesus for others, especially in our most vulnerable moments. And there aren't many moments more vulnerable than in the midst of a funeral for a family member. I'm a pastor, and that's really fun. And you're all ministers, and that is fun and amazing work. There's one more bulletin item, and it's in the prayer list. In the prayer list, we have all these bullet points of, of people in our midst and, and things in our world that we are praying for, and I'm going to ask you to add one more. I ask you to pull out one of the little golf pencils in the pews. Do we have golf pencils in the pews? Yes? No? Yes? Good. I should have checked that before the worship. I'd like you to add one more. People in need of a loving church. Please write down, people in need of a loving church. Not people in need of Richfield United Methodist Church, because that's the kind of prayer that leads it to being a prayer about us instead of them. My job as a pastor is to share the gospel, and I want people to find the church that is the right fit for them. And I hope that Richfield is the right fit for as many people as possible. And we want to be praying for people before we even know them. Like the disciples prayed for Matthias long before they knew that he was going to be in their midst. So I hope that you'll take that seriously. Write it down and take this with you. It's cut off so that you can take it 
Put it on your fridge, put it on your vanity, put it on your bedside table, put it anywhere where you are likely to see it and be able to pray for these people who are asking for your gift of love and holding them. Because at some point, you might be the one who needs to be held. And we hold each other dear. So take this with you and use it. Now my guess is that Pastor Kevin and Jenna and Bonnie Sue and all the good people of Swansboro United Methodist Church in Swansboro, North Carolina, did not expect that they would be a sermon illustration this morning in this, and probably my guess is dozens of sermons around the nation right now. And if they did think they'd be a sermon illustration, they were probably hoping it'd be for things like their clothed in righteousness ministry, which is a clothing ministry for people suiting up for job interviews and dressing for success or that they have 200 kids in vacation Bible school, or their reputation as the first long-term Hurricane Florence disaster relief center in an area where over 20,000 homes have been declared FEMA eligible for disaster assistance over the last 10 months. Those are amazing reasons to be known as a church. We tend to hear bad news first, most, loudest, it's as if our ears are tuned to bad news frequency instead of good news frequency. But here's the thing. People want to join a church that listens for Jesus in prayer to become Jesus in action. May the people know us as such a church. And may we minister to all in the name of Jesus. May it be so, and amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Copyright 2019. Now, go into God's world, knowing you are a beloved child, and bear witness to the love of God, so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.